0: Testing,
1: Hello. testing. Hey, Vale, I can't hear you there, boss. Are you there? I'm here. Mm. Aoy, my comrade. Ahoy. <laughs> what it do, gentlemen? What it do? First of all, welcome back to everybody that's listening to the North of Samara podcast. Uh, we know it's been a while. Life gets in the way. The World Cup was buzzing. So We had to kind of disappear for a while, but we are back. You know, you know us, you know me, Hugo Strange. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. How's it going? Ah, uh, dealing with the chando, but we're alive. <laughs> we're alive. It we decided to get below zero kunoku out of nowhere, so you know, true mama, but you know, triple. triple. We're okay <laughs> today is a really, really dope episode. We're going to talk about some football and other things, but we are joined by a real special guest, uh, one of our brothers in arms. For sure, we go way back all the way to SJC. He's probably one of, probably the most private person I know, more private than me, if you can even imagine that. Um, But he's really a dope human being. You've ever had the pleasure of getting to know him, a kind heart, very knowledgeable, very smart. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you, Mr. Sorry, Dr. Doctor. Oh, on, <laughs> we no, know him I... as easy, but y'all know him as Dr. Welcome to the show, my man.
2: Um, th- thank you very much. But you know, Mukoma, we don't do titles here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem, my bro. No problem. How are you today, man?
2: No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy that, you know, um, that you guys have invited me because you know, I'm a religious follower of the podcast and I've only actually agreed to do this podcast for one reason and this is because of <laughs> violent <laughs> Slander of Thierry Henry. That's the only reason why I agreed. <laughs> so I was waiting for this, riley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are here. We are here. We appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got things and you're busy and you have a lot of things on your plate but we appreciate you taking the time come and talk some stuff and get some revenge as well we we, we do appreciate that
2: yeah
1: we will get into that no doubt uh um, yeah. just for just for like you know the audience say you want to just give a little bit of what you do tell the people what you where you what you're doing where you're located
2: um so yeah so as you've said i don't know if it's right but yeah as you've said uh my name is um I was born by the name Kunya Taruinga. Mm. Um, yeah, so guys from high school would call me Taru or Vizi, apparently. Mm. Um, and in terms so I'm based in Johannesburg for now. Ah. Um so um as Valley would know. So Valley, I think you'd be just catching shots the whole the whole podcast. It's like as Valley would know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um I think you see, you said I'm very private, but I think Valley knows I think a lot about what I do. So I, yeah, basically, yeah. I dabble into, into politics. I'm, I'm an academic, so to say. So yeah. yes, I dabble into a little bit of politics. So, so that's basically it in a nutshell. And then, yeah, and then I'm a disciple I'm of... a disciple of, um, a disciple of uh, Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. And a, and a disciple of Zinedine Zidane.
1: There we go. Yes. <laughs> Very much an old dude. That's This is an old dead circle. Don't worry, this is an old dead circle. Yeah, <laughs> well, again, we appreciate you, my man. Um, yes, first of all, I think I want to just get in straight into the world cup. We can deal with the Tyrion Revenge in a moment. Um, what was your what was everyone's thoughts? Vale, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the world cup as a
0: whole? Oh, uh, I don't know where to start. Uh, I think it was, I mean, in retrospect, hindsight is 2020. Uh, oh. it, it felt like it was written somewhere. That this is how it happened uh probably the most exciting world cup in a minute oh. uh, just i mean sort of Qatar controversy and it was what it was um but it then transitioned onto the pitch where we saw people who we thought would be you know favorites quote-unquote dark horses just fall to the wayside we saw some spirited performances particularly morocco really impressed oh. what they do uh african continent still a lot to do when it comes to football on the african continent but yeah um the, the, the play was, was, was really, 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 really good. Um, I'm really happy we didn't see any team reinvent football. Uh, Tiki Taka yes. was, what, 2010, right? And then we got yes. the age, the decade and shit. But, like, yeah. now it's more... Um, there it was more personalities, more individualistic, more showing of maestros, something me and two had gone on about forever. Yeah. Um, that was a super, super dope uh, conclusion to it. Uh, funny enough, I actually... I didn't watch the final live. Uh, I was driving back from the farm. I only realized Argentina had won when I was a what was that? Uh, at Kremy and waiting for a friend, and then there was a one-ton truck full of people jumping up and down, screaming Messi. And I was yeah. like, "Okay, fair play, my geez, but M'kado and Messi is not paying your medical aid." <laughs> <laughs> very
1: true. Very true. <laughs> Uh, Vizi, what did you What were your thoughts? I know you watched most of the games as well. How how did you feel about it?
2: Um, Look, it was... um, I think I would agree with Vali. It was, I think, um, one of the best World Cups, I think, in recent memory. I think... Mm. I don't know about you guys, but my my earliest memory of the World Cup is the 2002 World Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I
2: thought that was a brilliant World Cup in terms of, you know, just the way Brazil played in that World Cup, I thought it was, 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 was quite amazing. The two thousand and six World Cup, I think, was a bit different. Um, Twenty ten was more it was more emotional because it was an African event. Exactly. Um, Twenty fourteen, um, I thought. I thought I was. I was hoping that. Um, I think that's the German Argentina final, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping that Messi would win that one. I didn't want Messi to win the one he won this time, but I wanted him to win that one. But unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't happen. Um, yeah. Then there was 2018, and and 2018, I mean, with France, I mean, that was, uh, we're happy for France. But this World Cup, I don't know, it was, it was extremely special in terms of the fact that, you know, the so-called smaller teams did not have respect for the big teams. They literally yeah. went for them. So you look at teams oh. like, um, you know, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina in the first game, and you also look at, um, you know, Japan and, and everything else that happened, the upsets. Uh, Germany going out, and of course i 'm sure you'd be happy about England also going out, so that wasn 't oh. much of a surprise <laughs> but, but look, I mean just the entertainment i mean look it, it was it was I think one of the best and and the final i mean yeah man I mean the emotions because when I watched the final, I was very i think you saw in the whatsapp group what I was saying, I was very annoyed because. I felt like, you know, we've invested time to watch this match, but France didn't pitch up, but yeah, when they yeah. did pitch up with Mbappe, I mean, it was, it was quite something because I had given up. I only continued watching because you said, look, it's not over yet. That's when I actually then said, okay, maybe it's not over yet, but I was uh-huh. done. But uh-huh. you know, the last 10 minutes of that final, I think that final in its entirety is probably the best football we'll ever watch in our lifetime.
1: Maybe that that yeah. that's very true, very true, very well said. No, I I, I agree with, with, with both of you. I think it was it um in the beginning it, it was like a little slow. There was a little pragmatism that was that, that's what what vale was talking about saying that it n- nobody changed football because mm-hmm. everybody reverted back to pragmatism. Most teams at least reverted back to just stay compact, defend, get on the counter, wait for mistakes. There was no Spain, Brazil with the owners playing proactively. I think. So it was a callback to just going back, you know, going back to a formula that works. I think it was because there's little time to train, so there's not enough time to put in a lot of tactics that you wanted to do. I think that's one of the reasons. But it, what made what it made for was was great second halves. Like mm-hmm. it was just great, great second halves where you never knew what was gonna happen. You thought it was one were like, okay, Germany, Bayern is gonna beat Germany, it's gonna beat Japan. Then out of nowhere, Japan scores two goals. And you're like, what is going on? What is going on, yeah. What is going on, you know? And that was the theme of the entire World Cup all the way up to the final. I mean, Netherlands scoring some training ground free kick that works one in a million times. Like, mm. come on. In the World Cup semifinal of all things, like that is the entertainment value for, you know, as Vale said, for all the controversy that was surrounding this Qatar World Cup. And it was there and a lot of it. The product on the on the, on the pitch ended up producing something that we can all remember. You know, the excitement that people this is what people want from a World Cup, right? Because remember 2018 it wasn't that exciting, I guess. You know, 2014, you know, wasn't that exciting. But this this the product here on the pitch, you know, for whatever reason we can say, maybe, you know, even if it wasn't entertaining football, it was exciting. The fact that there was so much drama late in the game you Like when it like a World Cup we know the last time, you know, mbappe scored a hat trick in the World Cup. That hasn't happened since Pele. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. that hasn't happened since Pele. These, these are the things that we, we got to witness in 2022. And I think for that alone, it's probably one of the most memorable World Cups that we will have for a long time. And yeah, I'm glad that it happened. You know, while we're still alive to see it, you know, and, and it is going to spawn a whole lot of new football fans, which I'm also happy about. Um, we'll go just a quick round by round, or just, you can tell me your surprises, biggest surprises. Frizi, we'll start with you this time. What were your biggest surprises out of this World Cup?
2: Oh, so my, my biggest surprise, okay, um, believe it or not, um, was Germany not making it past, in the the group stage. Mm. Um, look, I felt that I would have learned from, you know, from what happened in the, in the previous World Cup. Yeah. Um, but i don't know something about Germany not being in the knockout rounds of a of a world cup is just odd. It's something I could never get used to because I mean this is what happened in the previous World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. I just expected better from from germany i just don't know, it just didn't work with them in this tournament, so for me, I think that would be the, the i don't know i think i, don't, I don't want to call it an upset, but that's something that really i think shocked me about this about this world cup. It was Germany not making it through to the to the to the out out of the group stages.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good shout. And, you know, a theme of that is, is I don't know, I'll get Valet's thoughts on this as well, but the theme of this World Cup was some teams who were refusing to let go of the past.
2: Mm, like, Ndara yeah.
1: Flick was using, you know, Muller. And a striker. Yeah. And, you know, Gundag. And, and then he was shifting Musiala to the left wing and benching, you know, Leroy Sainz. Like, Mdara. you're not going to go far doing that. This is, you know, Muller at striker when you have a real striker on the bench. You're playing, you know, Masiala at number eleven when you can play him at number ten and give like things like that. When he finally figured it out, it was too late. You know. And um, you know, that was a theme. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's just a the theme of the team like Argentina who they started with Paredes and thing in, in the first game. And then the second half of the second game, you're like, ah, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going back to mm-hmm. I'm going to this this young and Enzo Fernandez. And I'm taking these balis off, and they looked—they never looked back after that. I don't know what were your thoughts, but you, you just your surprises, and also just you know, a lot of teams just not letting go of the past.
0: Uh my surprise, I think, was the response Argentina gave after that Saudi Arabia game. Mm. Uh, it had smatterings. Remember Nigeria was it 2018? Uh-huh. Uh, yes, Argentina, and it looked like Messi was the only one fighting on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, uh, I always remember that conversation, that that interview that uh, Daniel Alves had. That every time Messi's off the ball, he's always, he always looks dejected. Like mm. if the ball's not moving, he's not like like physically plotting the matrix in his head about the pitch. Um, he's he's disengaged from the game. And this is the first Argentina squad that have literally fought for the guy. Yeah, like yeah. they were, I think yeah. they realized very late what they had, um, and I wasn't expecting that coming in. I thought we would have the story that Ronaldo had, a similar story to what Ronaldo had, where you know these two greats of the game would just go out with, uh, with, with a whimper, not with a bang. But mm. that Argentina said, the composition of the squad as well, some of the dogs are in that team, I'm just like, ah, okay, they figured it out. Eventually, <laughs> they, they figured it out. it was, was a great... Also, the adaptation of play, um, realizing that Messi is more of a roaming pivot, letting him do that, um, oh. and not really getting in his way too much, really surprised tactical, because most managers try to play him as a right winger. In the classical sense, it didn't really work out uh, for them, um, and that's not just not just Argentina's well, It's just like the like you said the the teams that never let go of the past suffered heavily mm. As, mm. Far as the team adapted. And a little shout out to Louis van Gaal, who seems to, for whatever reasons, even in his advanced age, seems to be in step with what's going on football wise. Because that, that that Netherlands team had no business going as far as it did. Mm. They moved that far, but they really had no business going as far as they did, and just. It just shows me the the, the tactical acumen that he has, and you know the way he can get like his like Cody Gakpo, even though he's not you know lone striker style to play that kind of role, but in a in a different sort of way, in a Van Persie sort of way, uh, right. at times. But I was yeah, that's Argentina probably the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, no, no that, that
1: that's that's very true. I think for me the biggest surprise, um, is probably going to be Morocco. Like I was not oh. expecting Morocco oh. to be that that good, you know, like, as good as they were. Like, they played with no fear. You know what I mean? Like, like there was was combinations that they were playing, and I was like, oh. Because I kept seeing tweets. I never really watched them until, like, they got to the knockouts. And I kept seeing tweets from, from, from some accounts saying, these guys are playing good football. And I'm like, okay, let me see them for real. And I watched it, and I was like, yo, this combination play that they play, they're playing with no fear, just getting out of the out of tight situations, the press is high. They don't care. They're playing positive football. They get into the, into the midfield and they run the ball forward. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is impressive. They're very – I was not expecting them to be that well coached. Usually, you expect my African teams as like, you know, like, you know, no offense, but like what we saw from Ghana and all these other countries, mm. where it's like going forward, you know, they have moments, but it's no consistency to it. There's no fluidity to it. Morocco were fluid, very, very fluid, and they played with no fear, and it was really one-touch football, two-touch in tight areas, you know, breaking the press, getting out of a high press. Like, these are things that you're not expecting from African teams, to be honest with you. You're not really expecting this from African teams. And so I was pleasantly surprised by that. Hopefully it sets the bar high for African teams in terms of what they can accomplish you know, if they just get the, their, their, their affairs in order and the right coaching staff and the right institutions, you know, in terms of developing players and getting, you know, diaspora players integrated into, into their squads. But I, I hope it does give, you know, other African nations a real, you know, like motivating factor for them for the next World Cup, the next tournaments that are coming up, whether it's careful African nations, for them to be like, look, we can... We can do damage at the biggest stage if we just, you know, work at it and get get these, you know, the right conditions around our players. Because that was a pleasant surprise for me, man. A real pleasant surprise to see them play that well. You know, it wasn't one of, you know, where they progress, you think you could, you know, lack of the whatever. But no, they actually played well, you know, deservedly. So whether it's a penance or whatever, they deservedly went as far as they went.
2: Yeah, so uh, I just also wanted to, um, to, to go back again to, to Germany. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, I think there was, there was a tweet. I think you responded to the tweet. I can't remember who it was. I think it was a German official who noted the fact that um, with, with Germany, you look at their defenders, for example. Um, oh, yes. He yeah, basically ah. alluded to the fact that there's, there's no way you're going to make progress if you're, for example, if you have Bundesliga-type defenders right Schweizer, yeah the yeah, it was yeah. 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 And i think you, you 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 mentioned a very important point where you then say that look even um the best defender in in the bundesliga is not german yeah like right. something along those lines so you you look at yeah so this is why i just keep going back to that to that german team i don't know what it is about them that i guess it's this holding on to the past like you're saying um whereby um you know they just i don't know it's it just it just didn't work um, for them, and then you look at Argentina, and I think, I think I even wrote in the in, in the WhatsApp group as well to say that look, I think it could be misses, even when they lost the first game. You know, we hear this old saying, you can never underestimate the heart of a champion. All those things, and yeah. you find this is what drove Argentina. I mean, look at Martinez, those saves he made in the final, and just mm. the shit Alzari in the in the in the penalty shootout, right? That those those elite. I would, I would admit that, you know, what he did in the penalty shootout. And apparently he has a whole history of doing this in penalty shootouts. Just the way the whole team just, you know, were there for Messi. They fought for him. And you could see that even with France, I mean, if you'd watched the game, you could tell, look, look France are trying, but look, it's written in the stars for Argentina.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Germany a, is a, it's a wild... It, I don't know how to... I think they've been handicapped yeah. by the fact that they're they're a one team dominated league. Um, yes, that might, a, that might have that might a big factor
1: into it actually. Like, and there are hardly any Germans on that team. That's mm. that's yeah. that's that's the that was the point that I made in that mm. tweet, V Z, where I was like, There are hardly any Germans in that team. Mm. It's Musiala, it's Kimmich, it's Muller, and then after that I'm like, who else is there? Neuer, and then what? Yeah. Then yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's five guys on that team, but none of them are defenders. None, of them, you know, like it, it, it's things like that. Way like they are all in the Bundesliga, though. Like all of them in the Bundesliga. None of them are anywhere else. If it is, it's rare. It's like one player who's outside. Sorry, continue, Valley.
0: I think the like continuing on to your point about like no, none of them being in the in, in the Bayern Munich team and all of them being in the Bundesliga. It's similar to what happened to England in '06, 2002, mm. 2008, 2006, where they had their golden generation, but they were facing play styles that were way advanced, way ahead of what they were capable of in the Premier League. Where in all fairness it was still a kick and chase league, except for Arsenal, which was playing pretty much the only continental style football uh uh-huh. in the Premier League, and hence why they were, you know, probably one of the best teams around at the time. Um, that's that's the problem that, that Bundesliga has. It it's uh-huh. it's um I don't know I don't know the sound pejorative, but it's like uh, Premier League Light. Uh, in terms of the physicality and the speed, but it's got that technical element that the Germans have. But it seems like it's fading, and I don't know whether it's talent uh, attrition, because most kids now from other leagues are going to cut their teeth in the Bundesliga, particularly the young English players, for that kind of exposure uh, of a different kind of league. I don't know whether they're not, um, you know, transfer policies, that five plus 50 plus 1 policy is not not in some way hurting the teams and how they can become more commercial brands and attract, you know, um, you know, More other different styles of players into the league and different kinds of managers because you don't really see, and maybe I'm wrong, but you don't really see too many Spanish or you know, uh, English or Portuguese or Argentinian or Brazilian managers in the Bundesliga. It's typically your Germans, your Austrians. I might be wrong, this is a wild assumption for me, but like from what I've uh, you know, typically observed in the league, so it's, it's lacking that kind of melting pot that exists. Um, and the example is every league that Pep goes to, his play style typically dictates who's the next world champion except for england now where he was a barcelona spain won the world cup he went to buy munich uh um, oh. germany world cup and that oh. the expectation was that he go to england and england won the world cup but there's not enough english talent to staff that man city team for you know to get that uh, carry over of you know that i'm living on the bleeding edge of what's possible in football oh. uh, mentality which i think is what is hampering the bundesliga a bit uh, because it's 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 a board to watch. To be fair, like I know people call you know the the, the French league, the, the, the Farmers League, but I think we might have to live with that of the Bundesliga a little bit now. In terms of you know, if, if one team is winning it like nine years in a row, <laughs> how different is it from
1: <laughs> Ah? No, the Bundesliga is, I've told you this before. It's college football. Anybody who mm-hmm. follows the NFL, it's mm-hmm. college football. That's what it is. It's college football. You send your young players to go there to develop, and you know it's like the NBA G League. You know, yeah. you go there to develop, and then when it's now time, when you've now made your, your 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 mark as a young player, a big club comes calling for you and says, "All right, it's time for you to come to the big leagues." It's in the Europe t- top five leagues because it's just there. But the thing that Germany is struggling with, I think, is what Schweinsteiger was alluding to, is you know the fact that the top teams don't have the the, the German the like the the top teams don't have the best German players.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not a lot, at least not. There's not a lot of you know of the German play. You know, starting eleven that play for um for for, for the top German teams. Bayern Munich, if you name their starting eleven, I think you name two, three Germans mm. in that team. Dortmund, you might name one or two, maybe. But even then, are you naming two that are in the German you know national team? The rest of it gets filled up with guys in other leagues and other teams that don't really get that high quality of football. You know? When you compare it to teams like France, and it was fine back in the days where, you know, they had you know, like in 2014, they had Oz who was in England, Muller was in Germany, they had who, who wasn't that, was that team. They had um and Mario as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean Kadira was in Germany. Cadira was in was in um, Spain and he yeah. played in Italy as well. They had Cruz, um, who was in Italy. I mean, Spain. Sorry, you know they had Lam, who was also you played for Germany. They had you know a really world class team at that time. I think who was it? one of the defenders played for Bayern Munich at that time. Hummels, Hammel, you know, man. and they had yeah, and they had just what's who's that other bad little black guy? What's his name? Dante was it? Was
2: it Dante? No, uh Boating was it?
1: Boating, yeah, Boating. He played for you see. So he played there, you know, Hummels and Borting, they both played for for Bayern Munich at the time. So there was mm-hmm. carryover there. Now it's like you got these defenders who play for teams that I don't know about. I don't even know these names. You know what I mean? There's only Rudiger isn't there. The rest of it's like, you know, so that's the struggle that Germany are having right now is that, you know, the league, as vales said as well, the way it's set up in their league, there's not that much multi, you know, cultural you know, football languages that are being Taught to them. It's all the same stuff. You know, it's all, you know, whether it's by design or just because whatever you want to call it, whatever politics are involved. But you don't hear, to my knowledge as well, you don't hear about, you know, international coaches, you know, from different continents and whatever in, 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 in Germany. You don't hear about that. You always hear it's either Dutch, Austrian, or Germans who are there. Unlike the Premier League where you have, you know, you know, all these different coaches. And you can compare it to Spain, but I think Spain has always been a better league than, you know, Spain and Italy do have the Italian majority of the coaches are Italian and Spanish. But those leagues have always been better in terms of quality and in terms of the the, the level of quality that is, the depth of it, you know. Like, it's not like Barcelona and Madrid have been dominating for a while for 20 years or so. There were times with we Valencia won, Atletico Madrid won at one point. You know, it's few and far between, but these things happen. So, I think Germany its a product of a lot of things, but I think it's also just the top teams in their league should have more Germans that play in the national team. And, whatever they got to do to fix that, they got to do it. But, you, how are you going to talk Bayern Munich to start buying Germans? Are there any quality Germans <laughs> that they can actually buy? You know? <laughs> so, that is, that, that's the way it is, man. But um, just to touch on, on, on the, the World Cup winners, you know, I think for, just to piggyback on what everyone was saying, I think Scaloni, I tweeted about this before, that Scaloni had a tactical evolution that was very fun to watch. From the yeah. first game, he was very naive, and then he came out the second game and started the same way, and then at halftime, he changed it, and then after that, he never looked back. Bringing in like McAllister, like people, yeah. from, you know McAllister. That was, you know, that was that was a master stroke, a decision. Him and Enzo coming in, that was a great decision. But you know that evolution of 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 you know how to set up his team and the flexibility too. Like to then go one game and say I'm gonna play three five two because we're gonna match Holland in their formation. And make sure that we cover their 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 attack of uh, the I don't know who the attack was, but he wanted to neutralize the attack, and did so successfully, you know. So it was very fun to watch um, him from a tactical perspective. Um, we'll get back to Messi's legacy in a second, but who were the biggest like what were the biggest disappointments for you outside of Germany, of course, VZ Like, who else were you disappointed by? Like, who you, like, expecting to do big things and ended up being very disappointed? I'll start with you, Vizi. Who, 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 yeah. who are you? Okay, so I would
2: say, I would say the, the African teams. Um, mm. I thought, um, yeah, I think, look, I think that's always something we talk about a lot, to say, the African teams. But I felt that, uh, I just thought, like, maybe Ghana could have done better because of the quality mm. of players that they had um Uh and that that didn't work out as well um and then obviously i think england as well i think england i don't know i don't know what it is about england in these tournaments and because i think this generation of english players i think is probably i would argue to say can give the so-called golden generation a run for their money and they didn't do as well as i expected them to do um well of course i think they got it in the quarterfinals i expected that but you know, you always expect them to do more, but you kind of know that yeah. they're not. I don't know how it works for them. Like, you want them to do well, but it just doesn't work for them. I don't know what it is. And you look at the um, Dara, Dara, um, Southgate, I think, yeah, you you say a lot about it. And the waistcoat. and it is. Uh, yeah, I don't Dara know. That always it's good. England. Yeah, so it's England and then the African teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I share your, your cinemas with the African teams and, and also England. You know, England. You know, me and Valet have talked about this before. Anyway, I think we've all talked about it. England. Yeah, you know, they could have won that game. They really could have won that game. They were giving France all of the lights. Yeah. <laughs> all of the lights. Yeah. And the decision to take Saka off and then bring Sterling on, you're like, ah, what are you doing?
2: How far? Exactly.
1: What are you doing? Saka was causing so much damage. And you're like, I'm going to bring Sterling on because name. What? The player you're supposed to bring on first, if you're going to take, it, is Rashford because Rashford can get a goal out of nowhere. Exactly, and he can you know get over? You know, he can really stretch the, the 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 pitch in terms of getting vertical. You know, he does that. You're like, what are you doing? There was ways in which he, that was what Southgate. always oh, that's what he struggles at is in game management. And they've signed Mon to to continue because they wanted an English person, and the English people that they wanted are all busy in new jobs and they are not giving that up for anything. (laughs) So they weren't going to go international because they have some, I I think there's some, some real, what, I don't know what the word is, but there's, there's, there's traditionalism in there that they don't want any, and a foreigner, especially after the experience before. But um, I know England is disappointing given that the squad that they had, you know, it's just very disappointing that they couldn't have won that game. And Harry Kane going full Mugay. Ah, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so sorry. That was funny, man. That was funny. Because this is a guy that doesn't miss penalties. Like he definitely really doesn't miss penalties. And in the biggest stage, on the biggest stage, a chance to tie it for your country, everything on the line. He skies the motherfucker. <laughs> you couldn't have written a better script, man. You could not have written it better. The one penalty, like you will never miss a penalty for his rest of his for the rest of his career after this, and everybody will be side eyeing him, saying, "So okay, when the when everything is calm and there's no pressure, you're you're calm, but when it's now time to, to hit a clutch goal, all of a sudden you're skying everything." My one hour, you know, Vale, what, we, what were your um, what were your first of all, what were your thoughts on England, and then you can get to your
0: disappointments. I don't know if they dovetail, but. I, I think they might, but my disappointment is a different team. England, um, for as long as I can remember, is a team that has always struggled to do one thing right, is get the right person in the job um, for the international game. For a while, I believe Southgate was that person uh, because, again, it was someone with really no profile. just coming into the team, very ideological. You know, during that time, people were still talking about football philosophies and what, what. Uh, oh. So I thought, okay, maybe he's the kind of person they need um, to bring things together. But then when you when I then see squad composition and you know, let me be honest, I'm a I'm a FIFA manager, so I don't know what's going on in the dressing room, but I'll be frank and say, ah, with what with, the, with some of the stuff we've been watching in the leagues, um, I don't think that's the way you should have gone. Um, with how he picked the teams. Um, formation wise as well. I mean there's a bit of maturity going on there now, realizing that mm-hmm. um he's got a lot more talent and he, the talent can do a lot more for him, uh, than restricting them to a back three or a back five or whatever or trying mm-hmm. to play. You know, reinvent the wheel. I, I think he's kind of uh, copy, copyright infringing uh, Graham Potter's uh, sort of style, but that style takes a long time and it needs a, a, like a close knit group playing for a very long time to get it right. Um, like when you said it, it was, like I said at the beginning, uh, too, it was like pragmatism. Everyone went back to basics. And uh-huh. England kind of didn't do that, although they had probably one of the most talented teams there um, at the World Cup, which uh-huh. is you know, a very really sad disappointment. Um, I, I sincerely believe that most of that Arsenal team, uh, barring I remember who went home, should have been the core of that because they just on performance, they could have been just one of the better performing teams because City doesn't have too many English players except I and Calvin Phillips, who I don't think has seen, seen much game time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I mean, I, I saw Jamie Carragher's thing about that Englishman should always be an English, England manager. Uh, I think that's very, it's a very outdated way of thinking. Um, uh. I don't think. Any English manager right now who's qualified to go for England, oh. so it's now just
1: no. Sorry to the jig, but like someone even said, like, When was the last time an England manager won a major trophy?
2: Premier League title, like, even,
1: yeah, yeah, um, like when was the last one? Who was the last English manager to win a Champions League uh, or a Premier League? Isn't it Paul Paisley? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> <what I'm> <laughs> you see what we're saying here, like, will you see what we're saying here. <laughs> like it's this is the thing this is the thing at least spain when spain won they got i mean joachim lowe you can say whatever give okay, man joachim lowe is is whatever but spain at Del bosque won a champions league right he won a champions league like these when was the last time even the man if you want to talk about the i'm pretty sure he won league One or something with with um psg i, I think i'm not sure but like, when was the last time, man? Like, <laughs> come on, dog. At this stage, you need to just understand that
0: that's just, like you're saying, continue on. You're right. It's outdated way of thinking. Yeah, I mean, the most decorated um, um, manager in the, in the British Premier League is uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, who's Scottish. So that just shows you oh. that you don't necessarily need anyone of a, of a certain nationality to run uh, that team uh kind of regrets that Sales Ferguson didn't take the England job at some point in his career because I think they may have done at least something a Euro maybe, uh, that may be a stretch. Uh but I think yeah England need to look outwards I think they sincerely need to start looking away from um the English Isles for their manager. Uh to be fair, someone like Louis Van gaal will be very interesting to see what he can do with that team because we can do that with Netherlands with how talent deficit they were. Uh, except for Frankie De Jong who was just brilliant in midfield <laughs> the entire oh, World Cup. Oh. Um but yeah, I think if they can get someone who's more of who can lay down a system that they can, you know, then build off of, I think that'll be great because I think we can we can argue that what um Dobos led for for, for Spain is pretty much what the, the blueprint they use to this day. Uh again, varying degrees of success because of how football has changed since then. Uh but my disappointment was Brazil. Again, uh-huh. I think they had the second most talented team there. Um I think uh barring Neymar's injury and what what, I think um it, it. It's, I think they went into this World Cup thinking they were challengers, only because Neymar's on the team. Of which I, I, I don't believe there was the same response to Messi for Argentina as, as, with Neymar. I think they, they're still a very talented team. But this is a, this for me, if I was in, in the Brazilian FA, I would see this as a World Cup to blood all these very good youngsters, to get them their first exposure, not put too much weight of expectation on them. That's kind of saying. A lot for a team that's won five times but i i would seriously take that pragmatic approach to be like the core of our squad is still pretty young or the people are going to take us forward our world cup might be eight years from now or you know four oh. years from now um but that that the the fact they went into that um with a little bit too much pride i should uh, maybe that's maybe just me reading a little bit, a, bit too much into it but that's what i saw um in terms of what they wanted to achieve and yeah they ah they kind of messed it up uh and unfortunately they went oh. down to croatia who've gone what they've been in four four world cups and 50 percent of those world cups they got to the semi-final uh again oh. just showing just pragmatism and managing expectations and lowering egos regardless if you won the champions league last season the world cup is pretty much a different ball game um it's anything you can you can sort of predict
1: yeah i think it, you know brazil brazil you know the way they lost to croatia in contrast to what Scaloni's did against um, Croatia, they lost the game in midfield. And Tite is—it was one of the other things that what I was talking about at the beginning when I was saying, you know, it, it's um, letting go of the past. Tite kept going to this Paqueta, what's it called? Paqueta Casemiro midfield. Mm-hmm. In you know, and then he he did it again against. Um, Inondigi, he did it again against Croatia with a two-man midfield and then said, what's his name at number 10? Now, Baketa plays 10 more than he does 8. Mm. So, he's not really a pivot player. But even then, they were outmatched in midfield. You know, whereas if you look at Scaloni, Scaloni set them up in a 4-4-2 against Croatia. And it was literally a three-man midfield. Mm. You know, that was, or a four-man midfield, if you want to call it that. But, you know, he went to Paqueta instead of going to, you know, Bruno Bruno G over, you know, having a midfield. You know, that's what he should have done. Shifted Neymar to the left and had just done, you know, maybe played Neymar at Force 9 and had Vinicius. Just set it up differently to be like, OK, I need the the game is in midfield. So Scaloni watched that and said, OK, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to play three people in midfield to make sure I have McAllister, Enzo and whoever was in midfield. And then from there, we're gonna play, you know, a very compact game in midfield, making sure that we match up. And they did very, very well. So, you know, that 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 was what I got, you know, from 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 Brazil. You know, it's pride, I guess. You know, it is also just playing favorites, and I, you know, I, I understand that. But if they're going to move forward, that's why they wanted. They're going for a new coach. You know, they want a new coach, and I think then the next. You're right. The next. The next move, they're gonna have an issue at fullback, Brazil. At fullback, they got they got problems there. They need to Mm -hmm. start developing or finding wherever those dynamic fullbacks are, because that's the fullback. They got away with it here, but they won't be able to get away with it in four years' time or in two years' time, whenever the Conquer cap starts. So that's um, yeah, 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 go and visit. Oh
2: yeah, so I was just also gonna say, I think with. With Brazil as well, I think the quality... I think we sort of um, overestimated the quality of their players. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. It was based... Let's look at, like, the 2002 squad, for example. Even the 2006 squad, too, to a certain extent. Um, the type of players they had, these were, like, players who were playing, like, you know, for, like, top European teams. You're mm. looking at the original Ronaldo. He was playing for Real Madrid. Dida was playing for AC Milan. Cafu was playing for AC Milan. Roberto Carlos for uh, Real Madrid, you look mm. at the current Brazil squad that was at the, at the World Cup, you can't quite, you know, other than Neymar and, and, and Casemiro and maybe the goalkeeper um, um, uh, Becker, he plays for Liverpool, um, the rest mm-hmm. of the squad isn't like at the same level as, for example, the 2002 squad. And this mm. is always, you know, what we've seen with Brazil from, you know, from a historical... They've always had a solid... You know, with players at the top of their game, you know, in the, in the highest leagues. Now they have another Charles who play for, for Tottenham, you know, and that's like, you know, their key striker, for example. So mm. for me, I think I didn't expect Brazil to go far because I just never thought that they had really, um, you know, the squads that were, you know, equivalent to what we saw in even 1998 and 2002 as well. So I think the quality of players as well is something they might need to also look at again.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's very true, you know, because I, I, I remember looking at it top to bottom and saying, they are, you know, they're like, I'm just looking at profiles that they're missing. It's like dynamic fullbacks. They don't have them. Mm. They don't have a creative midfielder, deep-lying playmaker. You know, they don't have that. That's what you need, you know, in, in this game. If you don't have that, you know, you have the defensive guy, but you don't have the creative playmaker from deep. You know, so everything was flowing to Neymar, you know. And then you have, you know, Rafinha and Anthony who are, you know, they're fine, they, they're OK on that right wing, but they're not consistent and you can't rely on them to be what they are, you know, what you need them to be. And then, you know, you're playing Richarlison, a striker who, you know, that's, there's a reason why you're playing that, right, is to allow Neymar to be what he was. But, you know, you need to go get center forwards. So I think they got, they're got they going to have Endrick by that time, I'm, I'm sure. He signed for Madrid. He'll be at yeah. Madrid in 2024, which I think that'll give him two years to then get into the Brazil squads, and I think you'll be you'll the, be there by 26. So you know they they got you know it starts with getting the right coach, and then being able to have you know players like you said who are in winning situations, who cool. so in clubs that are 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 in winning winning environments capable of winning because they have people like Marquinhos who've gone far in the Champions League. Right now, you know they had you know what's his name, Emetal, who plays for Madrid. You know what I mean? You know, but then, you know, on, on the full backs, they had Danilo and then Sandro, who, you know, they play for Juve. I, I, I don't know where Danilo plays. I think he plays for Juve. I think they both play for Juve. Um, I'm not sure. But, you know you know what I mean? Like, they they just, they need to be able to bleed in the new the new, the new players, you know, giving the keys to the midfield to, to Bruno at some point. You know, not that Casemiro is, is, is playing trash right now, but, you look at Spain, right? Spain, you know, one of the disappointments for me, and Enrique is a top, top coach, and yet they them playing mm. well. But one of the, the, the drawbacks and one of the reasons for me, I think that influenced their loss was the fact that, you know, Spain didn't have one, they didn't have match winners. I kept looking at it, that's why I'm like, who are you looking at and saying, go score? Mm. The game is tight, my friend, just go get us a, a goal. You know, like, mm. they don't have anyone that you could, you, you could do that. You know, they forgot that in 2010 they had Villa and Torres. and 2012, you know, they, they, they thought they could recreate 2012, but 2012 was, was it's not supposed to happen. That, that, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> no, seriously, that is not supposed to happen. Yeah, that is, that's so disrespectful, what they did in 2012. That's not yeah. supposed to happen. It's absolutely disrespectful to go and win and say, we're going to win with two midfielders on the wings, and maybe uh, just a, a byline winger, and then I'm gonna play a midfielder at, at number nine and swap him around with someone else, and we're gonna dominate the entire Euro. That was so disrespectful mm. to the rest of Europe what they did that year. But that was never gonna happen ever again. You saw what happened to them in 2014, at mm. 2018. It never happened again. So Spain have to go into the lab about finding forwards. Man, you need to go find match winners. They don't have them. If you'd like, can you name me one in the world right now? Like, oh, that's a gunman. You can't. You can't even, like, yeah, you can't even. So that, you know, Spain, got to go look for that. Brazil needs to start working on fullbacks and, you know, just integrating the youngsters into their team, you know, and um, it, it's it's going to be a very interesting next four years to kind of see what, what these international teams do. Because there's, you know, what I found was the competition, I don't know about you guys, I get your thoughts. The level of competition is, is way up now and has to do with like coaching. Everybody has access to the same resources. Everybody has now, you know, tactical some kind of tactical prowess or evolution that they've been going through. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the fact that everybody was kind of dictating play in their own very you know, very their own unique tactical way. And everybody had tactics that they were trying to implement, whether it was successful or not. I really enjoyed watching small teams trying to implement the press and then playing out out of the back. And, you know, n- you know not big teams when they're now trying to impose their will and saying, no, we also know what we're doing, too. We're coached up, too. I don't know. What, what, what are your guys thoughts on, on, on like just the quality of football and in, just in the smaller teams?
0: Valley, you can go. You can you can give us a, a small thing. I think I'm 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 with you on that. Like the whole, um, I think people under underestimate just how open source the world is now in terms of information. Mm. Mm. Um, it's wild what you can get online right now, um, and it's wild the resources available to coaches uh, in the way you know all, most of these coaching courses are happening online. And the world is much much more connected than what, than what it once was. But back in the day, we wouldn't have a secret source was in Brazil. Was it the samba? Was it the favelas? Was it the food? We didn't know. It was just these guys not playing football. It's in their genes. Mm. But now people boiled down to a science to the point that you can replicate it wherever you are in the world. You can try to, if at very least, replicate it where you're in the world. Um, you know, you know, judging whether or not um, you know, your FA or your your, your leagues are, are funded well enough, or the people who are just willing to do, you know, build a startup in football, basically I'm like, Yeah, oh. we're gonna make it you make sure happen. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the bigger teams underestimated um simply just how open source things are now um analytics now matter more than anything else Uh, we're getting to a money ball phase in in football where certain things uh, can become you know put on paper players can understand you know tendencies and all that and you know with some of the bigger teams um having some of the best technology in the world they're being the balance is being met with the amount of footage that's available on on demand youtube all that where the smaller teams can access it for a fraction of the cost of deploying technology that costs tens of millions of dollars so i think um technology has become a great equalizer in what many people do and i think it's it's, it's probably the the um, uh, untold story of this world cup um just going behind the scenes and seeing what they were doing to prepare themselves and i, I think a lot of that has to do with gaining analytics um, you know studying tape uh, watching tendencies I mean for people like Messi, Ronaldo you know the really great players it's difficult to predict what they'll do because of the gods the gods have gifted them a skill that we cannot comprehend but for everybody oh. else um, yeah we, we can figure it out I think that Saudi Arabia game was a good example I think um, uh, of, of what you can do with, with just enough enough craft um, I don't have much more to say on that but yeah I'm just curious to see where, where things go um, after this particularly on how, particularly African teams, because I think they're sleeping on the amount of potential that exists on the continent. Absolutely. Um, How they can, again, see that uh, most of, most of, success is based on risk. So it's your risk appetite. So if you've got an appetite for risk, I think you'll get used to failure. As Jordan always says, you miss all the shots you don't take. So if you don't risk at least something and you want to stay within the safety of convention, you're not going to go far. We're not going to see. Croatia's got 300,000 people, guys. And they've been to half Half the competitions they've been in, they've been to the World Cup semifinals. That's mm-hmm. fucking wild. And Africa's got, got the youngest population on the continent. Wow. The fastest growing population on the continent. You can't Look at the quality it. of
1: players that Croatia has, has now produced, man. Oh, like, that, just quality, quality players.
0: That, and we can't figure out a way to get all of this stuff into academies. I know Zim know on the Zim side, a lot of things are happening with a lot of new academies. You know, Real Betis, Prime Tab, all those guys coming up a lot of that stuff is really encouraging even across south africa as well they're doing some serious work but at the at the, at the football administration level that's where everything's lacking because i'm sorry politically sounded as it is a lot of old people they're still in charge we're not giving a lot of the young people leeway to be able to innovate yeah and that's yeah. Problem. we need to innovate kind of like how all the other teams were able were able to um to innovate that's that's where we like behind
1: now for sure vizi what are your thoughts
2: um yeah i think um like what vali said i think it's it's very important i think the technology aspect is really close the gap and i think another thing that i saw with the world cup is just also the quality of um of, of african players um mm. i think there's been a slight improvement because now i think you have party who plays for arsenal where you have mm. akimi who plays for psg um, and then I think mm-hmm. you have Son, right, who plays some South Korea, but he plays for Tottenham Hotspur. So you find that at least now there's a little bit of more exposure for these so-called smaller teams.
0: And mm-hmm. I think to a mm-hmm.
2: certain extent, this has contributed to this audacity that they now have to say, okay, look, we're playing Germany, but look, we're going to play our game and we're going to, you know, try to get a, um, a positive result. But I think when it comes to, to our continent, right, I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys noticed, um, towards the end of that um, the World Cup final, the French team was just all Wakanda. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice, right? was the only one who was not, the only one guy there. But it was literally Africa United.
1: Yeah, uh, which it was. I don't won. know
2: where we're getting it wrong. Where we, by Mbappe should be playing for Cameroon, but look, mm-hmm. he's scoring a hat trick for France in the World Cup final. You know, Camavinga, yeah. all these guys are not... Yeah, not for I don't sure. want to say they're not French, but I think you get what I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. Say that these are mm-hmm. African nationals um to a certain extent, but they're now playing for France. So there's something we're getting wrong um on the African continent. And I think, yeah, it's something we have a lot of work to do with that, because I really like when I looked at it, that's the first thing I thought, like the last 10 minutes of that match, it was just Wakanda FC.
1: It was crazy. No, but you, you're right. You're right. VZ. It, it's it's. You know, you know. I think Sweden has only touched on it in, in in the group one time, saying that yeah. you know these FAs, the League One, right, French league, they come, they get these players from Africa, and they they take them there, and then the FAs are just sleeping. You know, this guy's getting developed in France, and then all of a sudden they say, okay, here, yeah, after French nationality, you're now a French player, and the nationality, and then the 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 clubs are sleeping. And there's an argument, I guess, there's a debate about it, saying that look, if you're a player who wants to achieve certain things. Will you play for France or will you go play for things? But I think you're you're right. There needs to be more diligence within the, 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 the respective football associations to say, look, you need to go to certain players like Anna Cho and say, my friend, you're not getting any younger and the squad that you're trying to get into is stacked. Mm. So come play for us. You may not go far, we may not, but you, you hey, who knows you can come here, yeah, the team will you'll be a big player for us here. you won't be just a cog in the unit. you'll be a big player for us here, and we can go do amazing things for a country who's football, who who loves this football team, will love you like a hero, you know, and who knows what we can do within the you know within the, the, the continent tournament you know continental tournaments that we have you know you need to go to these players. And I want Basaka being stubborn about playing for for the five recalls. I don't know where he's from, sorry. But he's being stubborn about it because he wants to get into England. And you're looking at yeah. him and saying, my friend, you're not going to get into this England squad. There's Walker, there's Trippier, there's um, Trent. There might be even a Max Aarons before they even go to you, my friend. Come yeah. to play. You know, you need to go talk to these players. And get, like, it's been happening, right? Like, what's his name? Um, he plays for Palace. His name was Zaha, right? Zaha, studied, yeah. yeah. Right? He decided, I'm going to play for these teams. You know? And you need to be able to talk to the right players and be like, look, man, I know you have aspirations of making it into this team, into this country, into the national squad. But what are your chances here? What are your real chances? Who is ahead of you? you know? And you need to be, like, we need to be able to capture some of this time. Like, you know, Kudos could have very easily played for someone else. You know? But he decided to go play for, 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 for you know, his national team, his birth, where he was born. And th- those are the things that we need to do. There's so many African players in the French league, man, that are <laughs> that are just being told play for France, play for Chi, play for this, play for that. You know, all these. When I see black players in the Switzerland team, I'm like, man, who, who, who did you come from? Where exactly. did you come from? You know, like it's no offense, but like, where did you come from? This black players in the Austrian team? How? Like, come on, bro. Like, it's no. I get it. You made a decision. It give you a better opportunity to on the national stage, but we need to start having these conversations and finding young talent at an early age and saying, look, I know you have a dream of getting in there, but what you would do for this, for your country here is the, the, the impact that you would have, you know. you know. Imagine a Neymar deciding, imagine, like, for example, Messi could have played for Spain. Could have absolutely played for Spain if you want. He could have chosen, I'm playing for Spain and been a, a mainstay in Spain and one more, you know, International trophies, but he said, I'm going to play for Argentina because that's my dream. I want to win a cup for Argentina, you know, yeah. and that's his legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, these are the things, you know, and that's a, just a that's a European, South American version. But, we, you know, the impact that a child has of seeing Messi on the biggest stage, doing it for Argentina, saying, Man, I want to be that one day. You know, that's the kind of thing that we need in African football where we're looking at it. And someone is looking at Kudus and saying, yeah, I want to be that. You know, they're looking at Pate. the same way in Nigeria. They're looking at JJ Okocha. You exactly. know, they were, yeah, they, were, they were looking at um, Roja Mila, you know. Exactly. You know and, and all these great African players who were playing for the You know what I mean? Like, we need to be able to look for them and say, look, hey, come be a hero for your, your country and get more of them to start choosing. Especially, like, yeah, you're not going to get the top players. If he's a top talent, then you try your best, you know. Because I know Mbappe. Mbappe said that, you know, they, was, they asked him, was there a chance you would play for Cameroon? And yes. he said, dude, I got into the French squad so quickly, the, the Cameroon FA didn't have a chance. By the time, you know, they were aware of what I was doing, it was too late. France already scooped me up and made me a France national. So it, it's these kind of things where we need to, you know, like I think Valet was talking about kind of having a, a, a more... Um, a more modernized you know, group of people running the respective FA in order to then have our, uh, you know, being alert to these things. There's an 18-year-old Mfana is killing it in League One. Make sure you're in his ear about playing for your country before France, because mm. France will come. You just saw Macron just opened up, you know, the, what did, I don't know what he did lately for, um, in terms of immigration. He's allowing visitors from Morocco or something. I don't know, something significant. But mm-hmm. it's like a change in policy that's going to allow them to to, to to then recruit more Moroccan players because you saw what Morocco was doing and you said, ah, no way. No way am I, <laughs> am I letting, you know. So these are, as Africans, you know, and, and African football associations, I hope that they're seeing this and saying how oh, we need to get tighter about, you know, securing top talent that plays in Europe to play for us and before other teams come in and say, hey, play, you know, change your nationality, you know, so we need, we hopefully we hopefully, I'm going to be watching the next four years, it's going to be interesting to see, but hopefully we see an evolution in that regard um, to quickly then touch on, on, on Messi's legacy what are your thoughts on him Please, I'll start with you, what are your thoughts on him finally getting, I know you didn't want him to win this one, but you wanted and, uh, what are your thoughts on him finally getting this, this cup that he's kind of you know, been chasing for a long time
2: Look, for me, I think his legacy had already been cemented, eh? with or without it. Mm. This just, I think, right. is the cherry on top. But look, I don't think um, there's a debate when it comes to Messi. I know, like, Ronaldo... I'll admit to that. Um, mm. But look, I think Messi's legacy, for me... Um, I mean, look at his stats. I don't know if it was good. Which was the season he scored, 92 goals or something like that? Was it 2013 <laughs> or 2012? I look, yeah. guys, um, look, I think his legacy for me was already cemented. I don't think, even, with, even if he didn't win the World Cup, I think he'll still go down as, as one of the greatest of all time. I don't think he's the greatest of all time, but he's definitely up there because I think it's up for debate for obvious reasons. But for huh? me, his legacy was already cemented, even, even if he didn't win the World Cup.
0: No, very well said. Very well said, Valé. What, what are your, what are your thoughts? Ah, uh, man, I, I, um, Messi is. Uh, I don't know what way to begin with that nigger. Um, <laughs> he's not my favorite player, but I have to recognize the fact that he's probably one of the greatest players of this generation we will see. Oh. Um, hmm. you, uh, people always give me that that comment: "Who do you think is the greatest player of all time?" And I say, "I don't have, I don't know who it is. I have my favorite player. I don't have a greatest. I don't know who the greatest is, but I can recognize that Messi is probably one of the best we'll see." I think in the similar vein that people say, you know, who's the greatest basketball player of all ta- of this generation? I say ah, that's easy to say. It's LeBron James. I think he's the best we've seen in this generation, but he's not my favorite player. Um, oh, that's just me qualifying oh. by like, the bullshit that's about to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when it comes to Messi, I, I think his legacy was never in question. Um, oh. He he basically just matched his idol in Maradona. Um, oh. I think uh, what he achieved at club level. Was incredible. I don't think there's anyone who can dominate club football as he is. No um, there's no, no one who's yeah. as unplayable as he was at times. Um, I'm not going to pay him to Ronaldo because I, I think that does Ronaldo's uh, legacy disservice because, yeah, different positions, different players. But in terms of what he was able to achieve at Barcelona, um, the revival he's had this season at PSU, you could see that stride and the step was back. It's good to see that, like Visi mentioned earlier, the heart of the champion never really dies. Cool. Um, yeah it, it, this this is just um this is the like VZ said the chair on the top this is um the possible possibly the best way to look at the autumn of his career knowing that he's achieved both uh continental glory and, and international glory yeah um even if it didn't exist i know people would just you know start you know saying shit about oh yeah you know you know uh messi Ronaldo, but it's yeah i don't know it's a, it's, it's hard to quantify uh the impact he has on football and i and i look at it at the ronaldinho years of football um everyone was trying to do flicks and tricks right uh, uh messi brought on this you have to be efficient on the ball and that uh-huh. impact on the game is insane uh-huh. that me that was his legacy that he changed the way we looked at how person was played he changed the way the skill set of a, of an inside forward, and of an inside forward inverted forward or a winger is supposed to be everyone had to be creative even if you're on the wing you couldn't just be a runner like what what, what was back in the day. And with the amount of people, and the measure of his legacy in my eyes is the amount of people who try to emulate him and who failed. It's mm-hmm. just just that he was just on another level. Uh, of of he's always been on another level. Um, and even if he's walking down the pitch, it's <laughs> wild to see that he's mm-hmm. still respected. Yeah, but I, I don't think that this does anything to change. I, this is it's a beautiful thing to see. It was amazing to see. Uh, the pictures will last forever, um, but it was there was no doubt of what he had achieved in football. This is mm. he said with just that icing on the cake, man. Like, yeah, bro. Um, you It wasn't even given, it was earned, because he lost the 2014 uh, final in, in the worst kind Yeah, of yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. This, this he earned, and I, I also would like to thank that Argentina team for, like, saying, fuck, we need to give this nigga something, like... <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Man.
1: Man, yeah. Look, I agree with Bolio, but, you know, for me, this was special because you know, I am you know, a Messi fan. I've been a Messi fan since he came on the scene. And he suffered for this one, bruh. Like, like, the the road to this one, like, in 2014, that one was painful to watch. My man suffered, bruh. He literally carried that team, you know, to to, to that final. And then to lose in that way, the pictures of him walking past the trophy, you know. And then, you know, after that, they lost in, in the Copa, you know the copa america he missed the penalty he was getting slandered all over argentina they were calling him a false god or whatever they were Mm. you know abusing his family you know that it was crazy what went on in you know after those 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 two years that's when he retired right He said, i'm done because you know he was just mad at that for not being able to, to to set the team up and have the right conditions for him to succeed and so they, they flipped, you know, they, they listened to all that. Everybody said, come back. And they reorganized the federation, redesigned it, revamped it, put Scaloni in by accident, and then ended up hiring him because he, had, he was doing such a good job. And, you know, they finally got a team that was willing to fight for him. They said, "Now we will run. We will run. You walk, you do your part, we will do our part. And the, 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 the synergy of that is what led them to their 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 last three years of success that they've had you know and and to, to finally see it on the big stage to finally see him win it i think was extra special for me because he finally just you know what i mean like the, the pain from 2014 the redemption and most of all just to be able to to have the ultimate bragging rights in a in a debate whenever it's brought up because my youngins are, are cristiano fans <laughs> they rubbed it in my face when, when he lost, when he let those those leads um slip to Roma and Liverpool. They were in my face about it. They were in my face in 2016. They've been in my all of them been in my face. So now, they can bring up any debates they want, and I can always just say, "Cool, talk to me when he has a World Cup." <laughs> So (laughs) that is, that was that, you know, that's just the petty side of all of it. But you're right. I think his legacy cemented all of it. And, you know, I also wanted to kind of be like, you know, as much as I want to be petty about it, people need to understand, man, Cristiano is one of the greatest players to ever lace him up. This is no joke what this guy was doing. His whole career, this guy was an absolute machine that you may never see again. The only thing is that you want people need to realize that the universe said, I'm going to give you this great gunman who's going to score goals at an incredible rate, and will, the inevitability of his, of, of, of his ability to score will be unlike any player you've ever seen. And then I'm going to give you somebody better than him, and they're going to coexist at the same time, mm. and you're going to watch their primes at the same time. Like all those years when Messi was winning Ballon d'Or, Ronaldo was balling. That Messi was better. It's no knock on him, man. These things just happen. Or oh, this doesn't happen. This is a rarity. But it it is it is what those two have done. And I I, I you know this kind of bleeds into my next topic about Mbappe, but what those two have done in terms of um what they've shifted the game into and the, the the identity of what a star player is supposed to be, how they've kind of diluted that and made people to believe. That just supposed to be absolutely great at nineteen.
0: That's
1: you know this is rare air that these two have done that they that they've accomplished that they've reached, and you know as we watch Mbappe kind of now get into his prime years, there's there's this need to kind of compare him to those two, instead of letting him be who he is, and you know it, it's it's I guess that's the nature of football. That's just what it is. Comparison is always going to be there. But um, what, what are you guys, just quickly, what are your guys' thoughts on Mbappe and, and, you know, where you think he's going? Vale, um, I'll start with you this time. What are your thoughts on him right now? Where do you think he's going? And he's just, he's, just his, he has that, you know, that inevitable feeling, you know, that you got from Henri Cristiano for, for, for a while there. Those, those real assassins were like one chance goal. Kind of players. I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on him just after this World Cup and just the year he's having?
0: Oh, I have one thought, man. Uh, he needs to leave Liga. He needs to go somewhere more competitive. I, I believe it will stunt his growth immeasurably. Um, I'm not saying France is a bad league, but I'm saying if he goes to Real Madrid, the expectation is like starting a job at a, at a new company that has got higher expectations. You have to level up that much faster, you have to think mm-hmm. um, that much harder. Um, I, I think, yeah, he's he is just fucking special, man. Like, mm-hmm. um, a hat trick in the world cup final. Um, like, if people didn't think he was good enough, or he was overblown, or he was Mr. Politic, this should sincerely <laughs> change your mind as to the kind uh-huh. of uh-huh. talent that we were, we were seeing or the talent that's on display. And at a very young age, he's only 24, so he's got, he feasibly has got three world cups left in him, um, another 12 years of football, four, four goals, well, but yeah, um. Trajectory-wise, um, Madrid, he needs to leave um, um, PSG. I, I don't think it's going to do anything for him. Uh, it's not going to challenge him in the way he needs to be. He's not going to... Like how when Ronaldo leveled up when he left United and went to Real Madrid, as much as I hated the moves. We saw <laughs> a human being in that I want to lie to you, I was scared. that Ronaldo, that golden number seven Ronaldo at Real Madrid was, was scary. That guy mm. was legitimately the... An apex predator, um and uh-huh. it only could have happened had he left the, that that the safety of what United was and the sentiment of what United held, and I and I respect him for having left in, in hindsight. But yeah, Mbappe is he's ridiculous, man. I ah, uh, I think <laughs> I don't know what do what do you think,
1: man?
2: Look, um, Mbappe, like I I, I agree with him, with Vale. He's 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 extremely special. Like as don't say Chibaba, right? Mm-hmm. um i think what i like about him is his mentality right? so i don't know if you guys saw like after the final normally like a player who's done what is done would be crying like would be changing like his like you know he'd be crying but no you could just tell this guy was just disappointed and he was already thinking of you know next time i need to do this better he just has this elite mentality so mm-hmm. apparently when he lost um, when when france lost to portugal in 2016 um, I mean, in that final where Ronaldo got injured and he was coaching from the from the sidelines, apparently he was the only French player who stayed to watch the the Portuguese celebrations. So Loris and them all left the the pitch and everything, and he stayed to like actually look at Portugal, um, you know, celebrating everything.
0: And I think mm-hmm.
2: that contributed a lot to then what happened in the 2018 World Cup, where he felt that he had to perform better to make sure that France, you know, at least um, win the final. So that explains. The, the performance in 2018 against Argentina, where he mm-hmm. ran, ran riot in the quarterfinal, I think. And then it also explains how he also played in that competition in, in 2018. But mm-hmm. with Mbappe as well, what's special about him is just this ability to show up in the big moments, as he did in, in, on, um, um, on, on Sunday. But there's a, there's, there's a match he played against Manchester City when he was still playing for Monaco. And that's when I then saw yeah. that this kid is going to be special because... The way he just played at that age, and the way he just dominated Ma- a Pip Guardiola Manchester City was just exactly. something uh, yeah. that just you know set him apart. And for me, I'd look. He has a bright future, but I do agree with 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 Valle, um, and I think he needs to leave PSG. He has to be playing for Real Madrid at least mm-hmm. um, for him to then truly fulfill his potential.
1: No, spot on, spot on. No, he's he's his mentality is different, and I, that's why I, you know they, they want to compare him. There's comparisons to Rashford and there's comparisons to to Holland that they're forcing. I'm like, guys, no, he's nowhere. There's no one near him in his generation. He is so so far ahead in terms of mentality and you know his ability to be inevitable. Just give me a mm. chance, I will score. You know that that kind of play and it's very people don't. It's rare to find that kind of mentality, saying no, I'm going to score. I'm gonna make up for it. To be then also just knowing who he is and no fear of the moment. That's what I love about him. No moment is too big for him. And those are the players that you love. No moment is too big. Because you can look at his hat-trick and be like, oh, two of them were penalties. You know how hard it is to score a penalty in the FIFA World Cup final. The oh. nerves, the, the, the absolute fear in your heart about missing this and what it will mean. Especially after he missed in, 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 in um, the Euros, right? He missed the oh. penalty. So it's, it's, it's that mentality that you love about him. And I think more than just leaving PSG, I think he needs to go, he needs to go find that coach that's going to transform him. Or, you know, that, the, the, you know, like the best thing that happened to Cristiano was that he walked into Sir Alex Ferguson for six years. And, and then yeah. after that, you can say he had whatever, whatever. And then he got Mourinho, and then he got Ancelotti. So he, he always had great coaching that coincided with his best years. Always. Messi walked into Rijkaard, who set the foundation for Pep. You know what I mean? And then after Pep, he said for one year he had him, then he had Enrique. And so during his best years, this is who he had. Great coaching. You know, all of them always had great coaching. And from Mbappe, you look at him and you're like, I think Deschamps is the only great coach that he's had. Right? So I think for more than anything, he needs to go into an environment that's going to level him up in terms of expectations, like Vallet said and his ability to then rise up to the occasion, you know, as the expectations mount up on his shoulders. But he also needs to go find the coach that's going to open up his tactical, his, 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 his tactical and IQ, because he's a very intelligent player as well. Some of the things that he does. And, you know, I, I can't wait to watch what he does the next few years. I hope oh. he does find a move away from PSG or he gets a coach either way i just hope he, he gets into an environment that's going to allow him when he gets into his prime years you know as he's now entering now he's going to be a special player to watch you know and that was the thing that fucked up r9 was that r9 didn't walk into the right coach and he walked into the wrong coach at inter milan in the second year and they they messed him up you know the injury started to co coinc- you know just started to, to to mount up and that just messed him up so I hope that that's um I hope Mbappe is able to to get into the right environment because he's special, man. Very, very special. So now moving on from Mbappe, uh Vizi, you had grievances that you wanted to bring up. I know it took us a while, but <laughs> you please air out your grievances with this one and his 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 blasphemy. His, his infamous blasphemy on the great one uh look uh look uh, uh valley <laughs> 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 ah,
2: vale. hey well, what is wrong with you vale? What, valley what's your <laughs> on here? maybe 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 let's start let's no, start what day, I want
0: vale. like what i wanted like, i wanted you on the podcast I, I, want to to I want problems want always. i wanted violence i want i want. I wanted <laughs> you on the podcast but let, let me be honest about my my whole thing with with, um, with uh onri and and Rooney. to be fair and I think I remember admitting this to you uh, a, a long ass time ago, because me oh. and music go way way back, um, yeah. primary school, I think even preschool way back. Yeah. Um, so I remember we had this conversation a while, a while back about how Henry was on both of us as a great player. And it's never been a question to me that Henry is a great player, right? I just think Rooney was better. Whatever you think of, make of that what you will. <laughs> I just think Rudy was paid. Fab, fab. Look, I, I was diplomatic there because, man, I like to give people the, the respect of their opinion. But you don't.
1: No, no, no. My, my, what I, what I, before VZ gets in, I'm just saying, look, man, he was a striker and he had a 2020 season. Do you know how many strikers do that? No, not a lot. <laughs> do you, I'm just saying. No, look, Rudy, Rudy is underappreciated, criminally underappreciated for how talented he was. And that's because he played with Cristiano. But, man, Let's not act like we weren't afraid of black gloves, long sleeve, cold night theory Henry. Like no, I'm I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. I'll,
0: I'll admit definitely the first image I have on, of Henri, I remember admitting this to VZ a while back, was of Henri at the 2019 World Cup. Uh mm. whenever whenever Sbobin called me Henry, I remember my dad saying, I'm fine, Henry I'm gonna bore. And yeah. that was my first image of that nigga. And I'm like, yeah, this dude just the sheer speed alone this nigga has mm. it's fucking insane. Um but but white pele man, white pale. I'm not even gonna start on this. You have no <laughs> internet White Pele is the shit.
2: White Pele, <laughs> even.
1: <laughs> uh, please, you have, please, please, please get get this guy, man.
2: Look, Bring uh, the stats. look, look, the thing the thing the thing with 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 Valley, right, is um, I love Valley because Valley I think is one of my few friends where we can disagree, like and we'll still be friends. Afterwards. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> upper, but we might never talk again. Yeah. But, look, look, but look, I do I do understand um where you're coming from. I do I I, I think Rooney as well. Rooney actually kind of reminds me of Mbappe, like early stages whereby where he had this ability to show up um in big matches. So I think his first yeah. goal was against Arsenal when he was playing for Everton. Yeah. And yeah, he's the one who also. Um, scored uh, to end our forty-nine meter and, and run in Old Trafford. It was Rooney who finished us off, right? And Rooney yeah. has been our nemes- had been our nemesis for Arsenal for a very, uh, very long time. So no, this is true. Actually, yeah, I think he uh, went
1: four or five years straight just scoring against you.
2: Exactly. I think he's he's I, so I do have the utmost respect for him, even though I didn't like him that much because he was used to you know break our hearts. But mm-hmm. but he was he was he was he was a brilliant um um um, um footballer. Don't don't get me wrong. But my thing with with Henri right is that. I feel that um, Henri transformed the position of a, of a striker in terms of having, not only was he scoring, but he was also assisting, mm. right? Mm. Um, that's something that, you know, back then, I, I don't think we spoke a lot about this. No, it wasn't. But it's, it only, was yeah, it's only sport. now when we look back and we see what type of, um, what type of player he was, right? Um, my only uh, beef with Henri, and this is just me being diplomatic as well, Um, because, yeah, because I want to maintain my friendship with Vali. I'll be (laughs) diplomatic. (laughs) (laughs) I think Henri, for for as much as he has this big legacy, I think one of the things is, for all he did for Arsenal, I think he kind of let us down in the big moments. And by big moments, I'm referring to that 2006 Champions League final.
1: Oh,
2: Right. And for me... Um, that's is sort of what Vali says now about Rooney We compare maybe, and I think I don't want to bring Drogba into the debate because yeah, that's that's another issue. I don't yeah, yeah, I up like that's, that's another yeah, issue.
1: Yeah, yeah I wouldn't bother. You don't say there because much house fans like to just force that one in, like, I won't keep kicking that nigga out of here, man. Exactly.
2: You see, so yeah, so so look, Henri, I just think he transformed the the uh, you know the you know the the, the position of a striker, especially in the Premier League, that had been dominated by guys like Alan Shearer and them. So for mm-hmm. him to come in and do what he did, I think. Look, I think I think it deserves um, more respect, Vali. Just a little bit more,
0: especially uh, from you, like, Vali. Come on. You know, like I said, like, I, I, I respect the hell out of Henri. Like um, like I said, Henri. I remember admitting this to. I think too we talked about it. Uh, but mm. one of my friends, Xiaomi, husband, is an Arsenal fan. Still an Arsenal fan. I said, listen, the player who made me fall in love with football was Henry. And he oh, all of us. Him, yeah, no, oh, no, all of us. Yeah. It, it, it sucked because he moved with such a grace and a poise, and he had that I don't care attitude, but he was a hard worker. So it was hard to hate him as a player. It was just one of those players we the, one of the first players I like a like admired simply because of his craft, just how good he was. And yeah, definitely the the ability he had, winning the World Cup, winning the Euro, World Cup at a very young age, Euro as well, winning the Champions League eventually in his career. He did all those things. But for me, when it comes to Rooney, and it's not just the big moments, man, What that game was at Inter Milan, that away game, that he just fucking, just decided, yeah, no, thank you, I'm taking over. I think there was game of Real Madrid as well, when we mm. decided, nah, I'm going to take over. That Barcelona like, game 2006 was just unfortunate. Not even going to lie, not much could have been done about that. Didn't, I wasn't, didn't Saul Campbell get a red card or something? Was it, um, was that the way? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Saul Campbell who got a yeah, red so it's like, there was only so much he could have done for that team, and one of the best players on the pitch, even though, you know, um, Arsenal awesome ended up winning the trophy. The reason why I put Rooney a little bit higher is, um, and I don't know if, if this is going to make it valid, or whatever, but it makes sense in my head, so I'll just say it out loud. I think Rooney, um, he managed expectations in a way that no other player in, in the Premier League was able to do, in the sense that if you put him in midfield, you were going to get six, seven, eight, ten assists in, in a season. If you put him up front, you're going to get minimum 15 goals in a season. I think he's had, he had some, he's had some bad seasons, but you're going to get goals in the season. Um, in every position he played, he was transformative. You know, on the left wing, when there was that whole Ronaldo, um, that uh, Tevez, Ronaldo, Rooney, whatever forward line that was going. He was on the oh. left wing, and he was just exemplary. So in in, in that sense, he he was... Uh, 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 my favorite United manager, aside from Alex Ferguson, is Louis van Gaal, because he said every player in the forward and midfield should be able to play across the lines, at least competently. And he embodies that way. He'll give you 110% and perform at a very elite level. The, the, um, uh, the cherry on my, on my whole argument is that past Van Persie, Van Persie's score to win the 20th title. Mm. You don't see any other born striker um, pulling off things like that. Aside from Henry, of course, of Henry had some series, some sicknesses. But I'm saying the ability to have a skulls esque touch and still be a threat in front of goal as a striker, and also be a lampard in a sense where you could play off the striker um, and be moved around and still be a standout player, a player who's not a... Uh, I wanted to find a political example for this, but I'll get shot. So, um, to find a player who can be part of the infrastructure in terms of the... You, you, they're not... Um, what can I say? They're not a, a pillar that you can just ignore because they hold up the building you can forget about it because it's part of the structure. But you can see that it's, it's doing a job. For me, that's where I cherish Rooney a little bit more. Although I do heavily respect Um Uh, Henry. uh like I said, Henri's a player that maybe love football. But when that conversation comes up every time, I'm like Ah, guys, let's 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 let, let. yeah, Rooney
1: Rooney was a Rooney was a very talented footballer. I think that that's where the the I think that's where you're coming from. But he vale. was saying like Rooney was very multi talented. He had he had an incredible IQ of the game, and more than that, his technical ability was was. Right up there too. Like the thing that I always, I always say, you know, that it's, it's a, it's a very small thing that you don't notice. But the footballers that are proficient with both feet, mm-hmm. that can control the ball with both feet, and and finish comfortably with both feet, they're not afraid to use their left foot. Those are the footballers that you look for and say, "Oh, that's a talented footballer." You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Those are talented footballers because they, their, their, their brain is working in in, in unison. Then you get players like Messi who are just proficient with one foot and all that, but you the, the ones that are multi, you know, the, who can use both feet, you know, like in FIFA, he got a rating of like four out of five on his weak foot kind of thing. Like that was oh. the thing that used to always stick out with me or with Rooney, and which is probably why, you know, it kind of bled into the fact that he could play multiple positions. You know, his IQ was, was incredible. And <clears throat> I'll give you that just in terms of his ability to play anywhere on the pitch. Because he used to just say, I just want to play, man. I don't care where I'm playing. I just want to play. So he yeah, had that street football mentality as well. And so it was just it was really a perfect storm of all the qualities you'd want in a in a modern day footballer. And it was just a shame that he played on a team that wasn't built around him during his primes, prime years. Again, the one year it was, but Tanaka got dark you know transfer policy young year where we we bought Valencia instead of getting him a real right wing and I don't want to get into that, but (laughs) he basically, like, Rooney, you know, Rooney, he was a very talented player. And, you know, I think he was a different, like, Andre was a real striker. You know, Ronnie was the perfect striker, and Rooney was was not really a number nine. I think he said he hated playing number nine. He really just played, he liked playing off the striker. And so he was an attacking midfielder, center forward, you know, one of those kind of things, you know. That's what I classify him now in the modern day. And he could play anywhere across the front lines and you could drop him in midfield. Although he wasn't proficient at it, he could do his thing there. But he was he was just a very intelligent player, man. Sort of like Bernardo Silva, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of just multifaceted. He can play anywhere across the front three. He can pop him in midfield. He'll do a job as well. And, you know, it's much respect to him as, as, a, as a player. But uh, you know, I, I can see where you're coming from, Valia. Yeah, I just you know the disrespect. I
0: also understand where Viz is coming from. The yes. disrespect was a little was a little, <laughs> was a little it was, it much. Was it was warranted because I wanted Viz on the podcast. Nah, <laughs> oh, <So>, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no, easy. but look, yeah. Not good
2: No, I was just gonna say my 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 look the, the the biggest um criticism I have of Thierry Henry is that you know for all the things he did for Arsenal in the Premier League. Yeah. I think one of the one of the criticisms is that he couldn't um, transform that. You know, when when he came to uh, playing in Europe, for example, mm. so in the Champions mm. League, especially. I think um, you know when 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 I listen to Arsene Wenger talk now, about one of his biggest regrets, he always talks about failing to win the Champions League, and I think the Invincibles should have won the Champions League, but I just yeah. don't know how we crumbled against Chelsea in that quarterfinal
1: at that
2: right, and. That's where I think, that's where my beef with him comes through. to say, okay, look, he had special moments in the Champions League, so I don't know if you remember that match against um, Inter Milan at the San Siro, where he scored a yeah. hat-trick.
1: Uh, right? I never he, had special,
2: that. he had special moments, um, like, you know, scoring against Juventus, all those matches were were extremely important for Arsenal, but he really couldn't help us win the Champions League. And I think that is a little bit of a taint on his legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, he did go to Barcelona and win the Champions League, but I think if he had been able to um, to win the Champions League with Arsenal, that would have been extremely special. It would, it would have almost been like how Messi has won the World Cup. Now it would have been sort of um, the equivalent of that. You see, that would have been the cherry on top of his
1: football yeah. career.
2: He did win it, it with Barcelona, but it's not the same. It would have been very special if he had won it with with Arsenal.
1: No, no, I definitely agree. I think mean, it was it was a disappointment. You know, Arsenal in general has just been disappointing in Europe. Yeah. You know, especially those yeah. Wenger years, and I think that was that those those yeah, four 2004 to about 2006, they they you know had some really disappointing campaigns where it looked like you should have gone far and won it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you know, getting you know to the last stage of this you know Premier League is back. VZ, I wanted to get your thoughts. Your Gunners, they're doing their thing. Five points clear, I think, I believe of the of the, of the um of Manchester City. How you know the Jesus injuries are for a couple of months? How are you oh. feeling about coming back? You know, into, into the thick of things, getting into the it's going to be a war zone for the next three months. Exactly, you know, fighting uh, for the top spot. How, how are your thoughts? How are you feeling?
2: Look, um, let me just let me just be clear from the get go. I don't think Arsenal will win the league. Right. Just to be clear, Valley, you want in it. I don't want you to invite you to the podcast again. Or <laughs> 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 I don't think Arsenal is going to win the league, and my reasoning for this is because I think, um, with 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 the way our titted system works, everything mm. has to be a perfect way to function. So, particularly mm. party you away from a disaster, mm. how mm. can we do it? And one example is the match at Old Trafford. I don't know what it is about us playing at Old Trafford. Things just never work out for us. Um, and it's just some stadium. Man. That is, it just happens. Um, just some stadium. More that just, ah, I don't know. It's just one of those things, eh? I don't know what <laughs> it is about Old Trafford. Dreams just died at Old Trafford. I don't like playing. I don't like it when Arsenal play at Old Trafford because I don't know things just don't don't work out. But I think the target for for this for Arsenal for the Arsenal team should be um, Champions League football. I genuinely mm. think the only reason we are where we are now is obviously because Chelsea, I don't know what has happened with them. They haven't performed as well as they expect them to, to perform. There's Liverpool. Manchester United, I think, transitional period as well. Liverpool as well have been very um, disappointing by their so-called lofty standards. And and yeah, and I think Manchester City is sort of struggling also with, with that consistency, but they usually get that right, um, especially in the second half of the season. So mm. I think for Arsenal, it's more top four get back into the Champions League um, spot and then play Champions League football again and then take it from there. I think talks about winning the league are a bit premature for now. We'll see mm. how, what happens as the season progresses, but I don't think we'll win the league because I've been an Arsenal fan long enough to know, you know <laughs> what happens with this team of mine. So I think for now, the focus should be getting back in top four. And I think Arteta has done a brilliant job in that we are we're ahead of schedule in terms of where we're supposed to be. And mm. I think that's why now people are sort of making us, you know, title challenges. But for now, I think, look, I think Manchester City still have this island board. And I think that's going to be the difference in everything that they do.
1: Very humble thoughts there. Very humble thoughts, as always. Uh, I, 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 I think it's going to be a war zone. I don't know if you'll you end up... I think you have a slight chance just on the fact that um, it's going to be a, a busy schedule. There's too many oh. games that are going to come up. You know, and in January, you know, there's. By the time we get to like February, I think there's going to be like five competitions, like we yeah. yeah, are usual, but like it'll be on the on the back of a packed pack schedule. So, um, it's it's going to be tough um, for every team. I think there are going to be teams that are going to make late pushes, like Chelsea and Liverpool is the Liverpool, team that I fear yeah. the most. I think exactly. Liverpool are motivated like no other. To come back, so we we will see how they do. I think they're going to climb up the table like they did two years ago. They're going to yeah. start climbing up the table slowly, slowly because they're motivated than anyone. But um, yeah, yeah, you, you, I think you know it's it's been so very surprising to see how Arsenal hit us, but you can see you know I think it it came with it's it came with just getting everybody to buy into what he was selling. Mm. and they made some smart decisions in terms of who they were buying and the profiles that they have and i agree the whole perfection thing everything has to be perfect but we'll see how you guys will handle i think you have a slight chance just on the fact that i don't think every so called other challenger will would, would, would be able to keep up with the schedule i think the schedule is going to mess everyone up the fact that it's so packed so packed up together i think it's going to it's going to end up messing the sch- let me say like this. The schedule is going to play a huge factor in who Whoa. wins. Whoever survives the schedule, it like, you know, a bit basically unscathed. Like, you don't lose big injuries. You don't lose, you know, you don't lose um, big players to injuries for a long time. Or, you know, you have some consistency in there. You're finding a way to grind out results. That's what it's going to come down to. Because, Whoa. you know the fact that we lost a month of football, there's going to be a lot of football that's going to be packed in, oh. especially in January, and the Cups are going to come up, you know, so, you know, we'll see. I think you have a chance. It's a slight chance. There'll be a lot of teams making a surge um, for Champions League football as they get healthier and all that, but I think you
0: have a, a slight chance for sure. Uh, vale, what do you, what do you think? Uh, uh, Arsenal's a really good team, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree with Vizia how they are in certain positions um the depth the depth chart is not yet there but the play oh. style is um which is great i mean that's a good problem to have <laughs> You've, the mentality is there but you don't have the, the personnel to man the extra positions uh, but i think they can sort that out uh, this summer i think Arsenal are really close to winning a, a premier league again um i think if they continue in this vein and they, they are very smart about recruitment uh in the in, in the winter windows or the summer window i think they can they can be there with a, with a, with a decent shout um, yeah, the schedule's is packed. Um, City, Holland. Yeah, I mean, would, does this break, you know, take a bit of wind out of the momentum? Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. Um, the World Cup fatigue, because remember, you know, varying conditions. Winter, northern hemisphere is in the winter now, and southern. Hem- we were in Qatar. It was relatively hot. Yeah. Um, most teams went to preseason in warmer countries. United went to Spain, if I'm not mistaken, to try and, um, you know, uh, on the coast to try and, you know, get some access to some of that warm weather um so how much of an effect will the world cup hangover have um you know um those guys who went out the group stages are pretty much ready to go for for the for the league games but everyone Mm. else who went a bit further is is, is a bit of a uh, bit of a sticky wicket um personally united ah man i'm i'm really happy with what tenag's doing uh i'm not overhyping uh (laughs) what we can achieve (laughs) Mm. i i'm happy with 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 the pragmatism that's coming to the team um he now realizes what we need, and thank God Ronaldo's out of that team. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm so like I love him to death. I love I love Christian to death, but coming back a second time, and I said you know, some many episodes ago was probably the wrong move. He should have gone to City. Uh, they should have let him go to City. It, it 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 was inconsequential to us because where we are as a team, where we were then as a team and where, where we thought we needed to be, we're not the same thing. Uh, (laughs) the worst thing so i'll give this example remember when when Henri came back and off the bench with the number 12 and scored that goal in that fa cup game i think it was Mm -hmm. We went apeshit like i I legit went apeshit um i uh, and you know obviously Henri was a different stage of his career then um but i didn't want ronaldo to have that those singular moments where he's scoring goals in in trying to rescue a team that is in poor shape I think City mm. would have made a lot of sense for him, um, footballing wise. I I'm trying to remove sentiment from, uh, from what's actually there on the ground. How would he have worked in a city team? I we would have had to see. Um, mm. But I think for City they dodged a bullet because they ended up getting Harland, which is kind of at least in the short term is fulfilling all their dreams, and the ceiling looks like it's it's considerably high. But as for United, the Champions League place would be nice. Um, I think we, our team is still riddled with holes. Um, we, we still got a, a lot of positions to fix. A lot of dead wood to get off the books. Phil Jones is still on the team. No disrespect to the man. I know injuries kind of messed him up. But the fact that he's still on a really sizable contract um, in this day and age is, is kind of sad. Mm. Uh, he's playing football somewhere. Um, not, you know, sitting on the bench. But he's he convinced <laughs> that he wants he should be at United and fair play to him. Um, Liverpool, yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said. Liverpool are going to find um, their second wind. I think they're going to get things in order. I think letting go of money was a drastically stupid decision to make um but yeah i think with with the rumors of fsg wanting to sell liverpool uh probably made sense in the for them in the direction that they 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 weren't necessarily the, the money is is tight i think you know people are saying what well, we are in a global recession now mm. um i think they preempted all of that and they're like ah, um we, we need to get rid of deadwood so uh, Liverpool will find a way, Klopp will find a way they've got, they've got Salah who's a fantastic player they've got that kid on the left wing who's ridiculously talented if he just comes, the fit down by like two notches we've got oh, a special oh. player in the Premier League on their left hand side midfield-wise is still crying if Alcantara could, could be fit for 60% of the season they probably would be in first place right now uh, but um, you know he has his problems, Naby Keita as well if he could reach a tenth of the potential that he had at, at, at RB Leipzig you know they would be a vastly different team mm. ah who's left Uh
2: Chelsea yeah.
0: fuck Chelsea man
2: <laughs> 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 that was, I keep telling you I
0: mean, <laughs> no, that all, that <laughs> I've never been I've never I've no love for Chelsea I do respect Graham Potter like considerably I think he's one of ah, the ah, vale. well, I, no no
1: no <laughs> I, I, I concur with him no 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 look Chelsea Chelsea is the one team who I never support ever like, even in a situation where I want them to beat a team, like if they're playing City, I want City to <laughs> No, no, I do not like Chelsea. I couldn't even give you. I've tried to give reasons in previous episodes, but I couldn't give you a reason. I just hate them.
0: I hate them. Okay, rent boys uh, bro. Uh, the, the rent boys for G-Man. I, I couldn't care less about, about about Chelsea. I I'm really interested to see. I'm, I think the story I'm more interested in Chelsea is probably Raheem Sterling um to see how well he progresses in that team uh, i think he has done tubes a little bit at city but i mean you know we move so uh i'm interested interested to see what he will do in that position
1: but, yeah, uh, a you lot pip of...
0: hey man pip.
1: yeah <laughs>
2: uh, no, I know My social issues, the kind. Didn't agree
1: to talk about social issues today. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Guy. That's that's what you're about. Because i <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, I think that's a great place to end it all. Uh, thank you again, vizi for gracing us with your presence, and your football knowledge, and coming on to air your grievances. Yeah. <laughs> oh, vale to my friend, by the way, guys. Don't it doesn't yeah, mean that they no. finished.
2: It. I know, value for life. You're well, stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> on, man. Thank you Everybody
0: listening. Thank you.
1: We'll be back again. I'm, I'm going to do a year recap at some point. But until then, put us in the background. You know where we are. Take care, everybody. Peace.
0: Peace. Thank you.